Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Once you know the problem and you find a buyer that actually has the problem, we have a solution. If a buyer solves that problem using our solution, what measurable result might they achieve? Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. Many CPAs struggle with pricing. Some have moved to flat rate or subscription pricing, and some still bill by the hour. For CPAs who are used to getting compensated for time and effort, it can be difficult to learn how to see value and to learn how to price accordingly. But if they don't make the transition, they risk underpricing themselves in perpetuity and having to keep working long hours to make up for unearned revenue. Here today to talk with me about this problem is my guest, Mark Stiving. Mark is a pricing educator and advisor, the host of the Impact Pricing Podcast, and is the owner of Impact Pricing, where he teaches clients how to win, keep, and grow customers to drive higher revenue. Mark's most recent book is Selling Value, in which he shares his expertise to help companies win more business at higher prices. Mark Stiving, welcome back to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thanks, Geraldine. And I loved your tagline. I want to work less and make more. Can I do that? (laughs) You sure can. (laughs) And speaking of tagline, I have a, a new one that I think is resonating, and that is more profit, less effort. Nice. Yeah. Two words fewer. We like to economize around here. So this is Mark's fourth appearance on the podcast. And for listeners who want to go back and catch more of Mark after this one, you can catch numbers 125, 153, 172, and this is 201. We'll list those in the show notes. So for now, let's dig in. What is a pricing guy like you doing writing a book about selling? Oh my gosh, what a question. And in fact, it terrifies me because I go out and talk to salespeople. I teach salespeople. And I was a salesperson early in my career and I was horrible at it, right? I mean, I would still be in sales if I was good. There's no doubt in my mind. So what gives me the right or the confidence or anything to write this book? And it turns out if I have a superpower in pricing, my superpower is figuring out how people value products. And then once we understand that, then we can start making decisions inside our company. Salespeople need to know how people value products. And that's really what this entire book is about, is can I document, can I demonstrate to salespeople, how is it that your buyers are going to, I use a value discovery journey. How are they going to discover value? How do they go from saying, hey, I've got this problem I want to go solve through what are the different products like? How do I, what am I going to consider? And eventually buying a product. 
And, and so as salespeople, they have to know this. And I just thought what I know is so valuable to sales, I decided to write the book. Excellent. So let's dig into selling from a pricing standpoint. A lot of business owners, small business owners, don't have a sales department and they don't have a salesperson. They are the sales team. And yet a lot of business owners think that selling is slimy and dirty because many of us have had experiences where it just felt gross. Subsequently, they find themselves, perhaps unbeknownst to them, in this position of wanting to make more money. Yes, I want more profit. Yes, please. But no, 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 I don't want to sell. So they're sort of directly at odds with themselves. So how do you see people in selling roles thinking about sales in a way that hinders growth? Um, I, I would like to flip that question upside down if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. I think what you just described is how most of us think about salespeople we think they're trying to convince us to buy something that may not be in our best interest. Hmm. And and so the fact that we think that other salespeople are doing that, we think that we shouldn't be in sales because we think that's what that means. And I've got to tell you, that's the farthest thing from the truth. In all honesty, if we step back and say, what is it that our customers really need? What is it that they value? And, and the entire book, Selling Value, is about understanding what our buyers value, how they go through the process of figuring out what they value, and how can we communicate the right information to them at the right time so they make the best decisions. Now, everything I wrote in this book that's about value, it actually applies as you start to move back the, the chain of let's create value. Because you think about it, salespeople are, are communicating that value. But marketing people have to be able to market what's valuable to the customers. The product people, whoever's building the products or designing what offerings you're going to have, we have to know that those have value to the customer. Every step along the way, do we understand what does value mean to our customers? And, and, and that's what's magical. Yeah. So let's dig into this value piece. You said a process for helping our customers, our clients figure out value. And I think CPAs and accountants tend to underestimate, and I don't think this is unique to them, right? Because all of us have a hard time seeing our own expertise and our the label when we're inside the jar and so on. There's a tendency to vastly underestimate the value they can provide. The tendency is to think that the value is in the product, but there's so much value or lack of value baked into the quality of the experience and the transformation or lack of transformation that they sometimes miss out on capturing. So I think before we even talk about helping the client figure out the value. We need to help the accountant understand the full scope of the value. Can we use the process that you would use for the client? Can we use it for the accountant or CPA too? Although I think we probably could. I think the process of going through what I'm, what I'm gonna teach is going to help them figure out what they need to know for their clients. Here's a quick exercise that every CPA could and should go do. List uh, 10 clients. List 10 of your customers, make them very different. And then on a scale of one to five, how much do you think they'd be willing to pay you? How much do they love you, right? And, uh, and then go through all of the fives and say, what's different about them? And my guess is you're likely gonna find it's because you've built a fantastic relationship. They actually trust you, they come to you first. Uh, they may not even look at competitive alternatives, but that's gonna start helping you understand what's different about your offering and what's different about the clients who value what you do more than the ones who don't. Okay, and that would be a different process than the one that an accountant might take their client through 
to figure out what's valuable to the client. Uh, absolutely right. Okay. So can you take us through that process then of helping the accountant to figure out what is valuable to the client? Yes, it's, it's multiple different steps, but let me start with the first. And that is, I want to understand what my client values. And chapter four of the book has this thing in it called a value table. Value tables are the way that we document what we think clients may value. And the way I like to think about this is take one of your product features, and it doesn't have to be a specific product feature. It could be the fact that you have great relationships with your clients. It could be anything that you think is important to your customer. And you take that and say, that's the solution to some problem. Can you now articulate the problem that that solves? And, and this is probably the hardest part of a value table is articulating the problem. It turns out that our buyers buy products because they want to solve problems. And, and yet we don't understand what that really means. So can we learn to articulate the problem? The next step is once you know the problem and you find a buyer that actually has the problem, we have a solution. If a buyer solves that problem using our solution, what measurable result might they achieve? Since you work with accountants, these are all B2B businesses, right? Every accountant works with a business. And so what's the measurable result? I can take almost any measurable result and turn that into dollars to the customer. So if I can reduce turnover by 2%, if I can reduce return rates by 5%, if I, you know, no matter what measurable result you give me, if you have the business acumen, you have the ability to turn that into how many dollars am I about to make my customer? And by the way, as accountants, we should have that business acumen. Okay, so let's talk about then the case of more esoteric things like um, in the, the buyer's experience of working with their accountants. Sometimes there can be friction or there can be back and forth communication in a way that is not optimized, right? Where a phone call could have taken care of something in four minutes, but it takes... 24 emails to get it sorted out because there was misunderstanding or something like that, right? So how do you take something like a suboptimal communication ping pong that's a pain for the buyer and for the accountant too, right? It's a pain on both ends. In the buyer's eye, he might be thinking to himself, oh my gosh, I'm having, it's so difficult to communicate with my accountant. I want to find somebody with whom communication is really easy and seamless and effective. If a new accountant is doing this well, What's the problem that they're solving? What's the solution? What's the result? And what's the business case? Okay, I can answer those questions. Like at least I can make up answers to those questions for you if you'd like. Yeah. And, and let's put this in a sales perspective, Yeah. if that's okay. Yep. So you're an accountant, you walk in, and you happen to know you've got, you've got other clients who have told you, oh, I love working with you because you're willing to pick up the phone and talk to me and we solve problems quickly instead of trying to trade emails over and over and over again. So now we walk into a new potential buyer. And one of the things we ask is, hey, do you, do you ever have a problem just communicating with your, with your current accountant? Are you trading emails all the time or, or are we solving problems quickly? And, and they'll say yes or no, right? I mean, they'll say, oh yeah, that's a big problem. I hate that. Like, well, well we have this policy in our company where you know one email and then it's a phone call. Let's get the problem solved as quickly as we possibly can. And so we just created a solution to a problem that we've identified. The key is our buyers have to believe it. And so one of the things, this now we're going to jump out to chapter eight. I think it's chapter eight. It's called value conversations. And this is how you have a conversation with your buyer. 
and the and the buyer says to you, yes, I have that problem. And you say, well, if we could solve that, what would that do for you? And they might say things like, oh, it would definitely take stress out of my day, but uh, but but that's not really quantifiable. And then they would say something like, um, you know, I'd probably be able to solve a problem two days faster than what it takes us to solve today. Excellent. Let's say we could solve, you know, on average, two, a problem two days faster. What do you think that's worth to your company? How many of these problems do you have with your, uh, with your accountant? Uh, we must do at least one a month. Excellent. Um, so what's that worth to your, to your company? How would, you, how would you monetize that? And we would have to have the business acumen to walk them through that. So the one a month might just be hours of work time, but better yet, it might be, oh, if we don't get the solution done in two days, we get this fine, which costs us $100,000. And now we've got real value involved. And so it's really, do we understand the business of our customers? Okay. What I'm taking from that piece is that, so I think where accountants can sometimes get hung up is that it, they might think that it's up to them to establish the value of faster communication, but it may not be up to you to determine the value, establish the value of faster communication. Your job as the sale in the sales conversation is to inquire with the buyer to help them establish the value to them and to help them do their own math so that they can see the value for themselves with their own math, convince themselves of their numbers rather than use your numbers, which are not going to convince them. Is that it? That's, that is perfectly said. Um, have you ever gotten an ROI calculator from somebody? And you fill out the numbers and it says, oh, you're, totally. you're about to make a million dollars. You're qualified for a loan of 18 million. <laughs> right. Go buy a house. Uh-huh. And, and so you get these ROI calculators, but you don't believe it, right? No, nobody ever believes it mm-hmm. because you know, you're taking advantage of me. You're just looking at at the one side of it, you're not giving me all the data. But if I sit and ask you questions, you know, what problem are you trying to solve? Well, I've got this big communications problem with my accountant. What do you think that might uh, result in if we solve that? What do you think the value of that is? And you go through all that math yourself, then you believe the numbers. I may have in my back pocket an ROI calculator that did exactly that, but if I were to pull that out and show it to you, you would never believe it. Okay. I love that. I want to come back to the original trail here and ask you how you see sales and value and pricing all fitting together. Okay. I think of these as three very different things. I think of pricing. When I, when I think of pricing, it's always about value-based pricing and how do I get a customer to pay me what they're willing to pay? And so if I think about a salesperson, a salesperson's job is to figure out how much is a customer willing to pay. And that willingness to pay is completely dependent upon how much value they perceive from the product. What do they believe that product to be delivering to them? And so a salesperson's real job, if you could, if you could say this is the salesperson's job, it's to help the buyer understand the true amount of value they're going to get from our product. There's there's something in here about when you hang your shingle as a business owner and you take your craft and you try and go out and sell it, you're really good at your craft, but you know, oftentimes we haven't developed these skills of pricing and value and sales. And the tendency as a business owner can be to work on getting better at your craft. And yet what I see so often that is needed more urgently or more importantly for the business owner who wants to create more profit in their business with less effort 
is to understand how these three things fit together, how to how to understand the value of their service, how to price accordingly, and then to be confident enough of what they've decided upon in terms of the value of their service and its pricing to then stand in front of a customer and talk about it with confidence, talk about their process, their solution with confidence in a way that elicits a sales conversation that's not a a me trying to convince you sales conversation, but a we understand each other sales conversation. I believe accountants do their job because they think they're helping their customers. They know how to help their customers. And as soon as they shift into sales mode, they're lost because they think they're selling. And let's talk about other salespeople for a second. Let's not talk about accountants. Salespeople are horrible at what I'm trying to teach accountants to do. And salespeople could be much more effective if they learn to do what I'm talking about. And in fact, this is why I was such a horrible salesperson, because I remember I would walk into a room and I would start talking about my features and I would list all the really cool features. And I'm looking someone in the eye and I'm just hoping that they that that it resonates, that they really like this feature that I'm talking about. And all I'm ever doing is talking about my product. Now, now let's put this in the world of accountants. In accountants, we understand what we do. We live that world, right? Any professional lives that world and they understand exactly what they do and and how to solve problems. What we haven't done is really put ourselves in the shoes of our customers to say, what are really the problems they're dealing with? And if we can translate what we do into what are the problems they're really dealing with, the communications in the sales pitch, and and it isn't even a sales pitch anymore. It's really just, look, I can help you with accounting, but I need to help you understand you need help with accounting. And, And how do I get there? And that's where we start to understand what does value mean to our customers. How do you know when you're in a sales conversation and you've launched into talking about features? How do you recognize that you're stepping on your own foot? <laughs> hmm. We we all do it, right? I, in all honesty, I still do it. Someone calls me up and asks me, what do you do? And it's like, I, I can't wait to tell you what I do. I can't wait. This is so awesome. But, but if instead it's like, well, what do you need? What problem are you trying to solve? How can we get to the solution to that problem? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I solved that problem. Let me tell you about how I solved that problem. But if I'm if I'm talking about a feature hoping someone cares, then, I, then I've started backwards. Signal of hoping somebody cares. Yeah, features are the solution to the problem. We need to know there's a problem before we pitch a solution. You wrote in your book, buyers who don't believe that you understand their problems won't listen to your solutions. Can you talk about that a little more? Yeah, and I think the opposite is even more important than that. But if I were to walk into, um, let's... Look, I'm not an accountant. I don't know the CPA world that well, but but let's pretend that I'm a CPA and I've specialized on uh, manufacturing equipment, uh, manufacturing companies for, for a very long time. And I walk into a software company and I say, hey, you need me as an accountant. And they're like, well, how do you allocate uh, fixed costs? And I go start talking about how I do it and what's important in a manufacturing facility. And they're like, you, you just don't understand me. You don't understand my business. You're not the right person for my business. But if I can walk in and say, oh, I get it. I can, let me tell you how software companies are different than hardware companies and, and why this is such an important issue to you. Then suddenly they're, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you get my business. I, I got it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with you. Now, the real key isn't what are my features? 
the real key is, do I understand the problems that manufacturing companies face versus what software companies face? And those are two very different sets of problems. And this is true for our customers always. If I can walk into a customer and I can let them believe that I understand what their problem set is. And that's not by spewing out a bunch of problems, but it's by asking, what are you trying to get accomplished? They say, oh, I've got this communication problem. And, and we say, oh yeah, yeah, I've got these three other customers who, who fought that exact same thing. It's really tough. So they start to know that we'd get their problems. You also write, reveal the price after the value is communicated. Can you talk a little bit about that? And how can you tell if you're doing this in the wrong order, what's going to happen? This is a challenging one, and I'm not sure I'm as definitive on that answer, but I'll tell you why I believe that's true most of the time and maybe give you an exception to the rule. Uh, but I believe that's true most of the time because when people hear a price, they often use the price as a filter for, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. So when you say, oh, I charge a million dollars, they're like, oh yeah, that's not my budget. That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> yep, too high, I'm out. Right. But what if we go through the value and it turns out that, yeah, even though I'm going to charge a million dollars, I'm going to hand you $5 million worth of gold bullion. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can find a million dollars for that. And so the price, if we truly believe that we're going to deliver more value, we should make sure they understand the value before we give them the price. Um, and, and by the way, you'll find that this is true in, in a lot of cases, even in consumer type products. When you go buy something, you typically already know the value of it before you see the price, right? So if, I think I used Levi's in the book or maybe not, but, but let's say that you're going to go buy a pair of Levi's. You already know what Levi's are worth to you. You don't know what the price is. You walk in the store, you see the price. You're like, okay, got it. Is that, is that something I'm going to buy today or not? But if we're going to go offer a new service to someone, they don't know the value. And we need to make sure we're communicating that value first. On the other hand, the exception of the rule is sometimes uh, two things happen. Sometimes people ask us up front, hey, what's your price? And they're doing it because they're trying to filter us out. Are you in the ballpark? Are you the type of company we want to work with? In which case, we would probably give them a range of price. I would give them a really broad range so that they can do their filtering and say it really depends on the situation and what we're doing and and then we could get into those value conversations. And the other time you might choose to use it, and I use, I use it this way, you'll find my prices are on my website. It's because I want people who can't afford me not to bother me. And so it's really a filtering mechanism the opposite way, where I'm just saying, look, reach out to me if, if I'm the right fit for you. Right. Qualifies people. I love prices on websites for that very reason. It's just such a big time saver. Provided that, that you do a good job of articulating your value on your website and not just selling services and deliverables for a high price, because then you're missing out on articulating the value before showing the price. But once you've done that, if you've done that effectively, then showing the price, it saves you time and saves your buyer's time. Let's talk about prices on websites real fast. The big advantage to having prices on a website is... If you don't have prices on your website, you'll miss out on business because people won't call you. Um, when you go to a website and you're thinking about buying something, you don't see a price, you're thinking, oh, that's probably too expensive. I'm not going to buy it. Or you're at least thinking, I don't want to talk to a salesperson. So, so having prices on a website makes a lot of sense just for that reason. So you said at the beginning that you started in sales. And then, you, of course, you went on this journey into pricing and 
appears as if you're in a way coming full circle. What did writing this book teach you the most about that you were unexpectedly surprised about? I think the act of writing any book, this is true, but it was especially true in this book. And that is, I didn't realize how much I knew. There were things that I really wanted to teach salespeople. But as I start gathering the the information and thinking through and organizing everything, it, it struck me that there's a ton here. And I was scared to write for salespeople, really scared. So, uh, so it was it was kind of interesting and fun. Says, in the end, I'm still I'm very proud of this book. I think it's a great book. I haven't gotten enough kudos from salespeople yet to be confident that I did it well, but we'll find out soon, won't we? <laughs> you will find out soon. So tell listeners who want to find it and get their hands on it how they can do that. Yeah, the best bet is Amazon. We did this one with uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. So so I think the only place you can get it is on Amazon. Excellent. And we will link to it. Go ahead. And if you want a signed copy, you can pay more and buy it off my website and I'll sign it and send it to you. But only in the U.S. There you go. My signature has value. I was going to say what the value <laughs> is of that wet ink. Mark Stiving, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thank you, Geraldine. It's been a blast as always. Every conversation with Mark brings something new and powerful. And today it was about the value of articulating the problems your buyer has, the solution you provide, and helping them think through and establish the value to them that your solution provides. If you want a regular dose of bite-sized content to help you improve the value you provide to your clients, head over to GeraldineCarter.com to subscribe to my daily drip of business strategy for CPAs. You'll get one easily digestible tip a day on how to position your business, how to price your services, and how to sell outcomes so that you can be more profitable with less effort. That URL again is GeraldineCarter.com. All right, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.